Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, beloved, are to never Give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you something today. My heart is heavy and it is troubled and I am carrying a burden for the Lord. What day was this? Maybe yesterday or the day before. I'm on YouTube and I happened to see a video clip of a brother in Christ standing outside of a local Walmart asking the people who were coming and going, shopping and buying whether or not if they knew if their names were written in God's book of life. And when I tell you the reaction the rejection, I should say, of Jesus Christ and what he has done for humanity. These reactions, I'm I'm telling you, it's like people don't care if they are on their way straight to a burning hell. They were repelled by his name. They wanted nothing to do with the conversation at all. They were cavalier. They were rude. They were just too busy to even allow him to finish. Once they heard the name Jesus, oh no, oh no, 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 no. And they just stomped off as if he was wasting their time And I was just so heartbroken. I mean, think about it, right? As a sinner drenched in the world culture, we too didn't want to hear anything about judgment, about repentance, about how we are just filthy, wretched sinners. All we wanted to do was to get on with life. Don't judge me and I won't judge you. To each it 
to each his own. So when we, you know, maybe sometimes went to church as a sinner, we sat way back in the back pews. We made some half-hearted attempt of acknowledging God primarily through expression, OMG, and the like. And of course, of course, we celebrated Christmas not because we were, you know, honoring Christ in some way, but that we wanted the gifts. We wanted the party. We wanted the family gatherings, creating memories. It had nothing to do with Christ Jesus himself, although we know December 25th is not his birthday, but I guess people come together on that day because some really do love Jesus and they want to they want to honor him on that day. So without getting into the dogma about how that is not his birthday, but the point is many people reject Jesus and so as I'm I'm watching this video. I don't know. Maybe it was about six to eight minutes the most. And time after time, person after person, the rejection of Christ Jesus is real, folks. And what immediately came up in my, right before my eyes is John 3. Down there past John 3, 16. I'm talking about John 3, 17, 18, and 19. Where the Lord explains to us how people reject him, the light, because they rather, oh, that's the key word of the day, rather. They rather have their darkness and sins and evil, wicked ways rather than Christ and his salvation and redemption of the sinner. No, 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 no. And just their body languages and facial expressions I'm telling you, I'm telling you now, some has said, oh, yes, Jesus is my Lord, whether or not he truly was. But on camera in that moment, they did not deny him. But who who really knows the heart of a person but Christ Jesus? Because over here in Jeremiah 17, verse 10. Because verse 9 asked the question, who can know a heart that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? And the Lord answered me. He says in verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins even to give every man according to his ways and 
according to the fruit of his doings. And so, as I'm watching person after person just completely reject Jesus. Now, those of us who truly love Jesus Christ as both Lord and Savior, friend, comforter, God, all of that. If you were to see this video, your heart will also be broken. And I'm like, these these people really don't care at all to hear anything about stop sinning and turn back to God. Now again, okay, as a sinner in the world, that was the last thing we wanted to hear, but it was the best thing we needed to hear. That's the good news. Listen, people will perish for their rejection of Jesus Christ. That is why the Bible calls for repentance while it is still called today. Because these people, if maybe if they had just lend their ear to what the brother was trying to say, but those who reject Christ choose to follow Satan. Yes, they do. Just like Christ on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Beloved, we know. We who study the Bible, we know for certain one day soon, even the most ardent atheist will beg Jesus Christ for forgiveness and it will be too late. Too late. It is so sad. It, it was so sad to watch people reject Lord Jesus they repelled at his name. I'm telling you, in my spirit, I was weeping bitterly. And I'm like, these people are missing the opportunity in that moment to come to Christ. But for the fact we do not know when we will die, but according to Hebrews 9.27, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. These people don't believe in none of that. And the opportunity arose for the gospel to be shared with them because I'm quite sure the brother who was, you know, quickly throwing out that question, if anybody wanted to know more, I know for certain he would have been at joy to fully share with them the gospel and their need for a savior. 
they didn't even give him the opportunity to even finish the question. As as soon as they heard Jesus, oh, no, 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 I'm good. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm telling you, I was weeping in my spirit for the loss. For they know not the judgment that is coming on them for their rejection of Christ Jesus. Listen, beloved, people are being warned every single day about the coming day of wrath, and yet they still reject Jesus. You're not, oh, you're not going to make heaven if you reject Jesus Christ. That is why we cry aloud, repent, turn from your evil, wicked ways and turn back to God because whether or not the Christ rejecting God denying world wants to admit, but Eternity waits for us all. Eternity waits for the righteous and it waits for the unrighteous. It's so sad that on Judgment Day, many will be thrown in the lake of fire. It is so sad that most people think they are good enough in their own merit to enter heaven. It is so sad that most people do not believe in God. It is so sad how many people reject Jesus Christ daily. It is so wretchedly sad, so sad, that when asked, most people don't even know. They don't even know if their name is written in the in the Lamb's book of life. My complete takeaway from watching that video. Many people, they don't even care. They don't care that they are on their way straight to a burning hell, not knowing that hell one day when Christ returns will empty out herself of its occupants and they, the unrighteous, the unrepentant, will stand before Jesus Christ as judge at the great white throne judgment and the books will be opened. And what is written in the books, they will be judged by, by what they have done. And their names will not be found written in his books book and they will be thrown according to Revelation 2015. They will be thrown into the lake of fire. The Bible says that is the second death. And people 
are just going about their little happy, merry ways with miserable lives, depressive lives, when the, the answer, the solution to humanity's problem, sin, has been dealt with and nailed to the cross. Unless you change your mind and your wicked ways and humbly come to Christ Jesus so that his shed blood can forgive your sins, they will perish. They are actually perishing right now. Right now. Because of their refusal. Let's, because we are going to be looking at, my apologies, beloved. I had to come off the podcast real quick, but I'm back. Listen, the reality of the situation, sadly, is that those who reject Christ Jesus, choose to follow Satan. Oh, yes, they do. Whether or not they realize it by default, you reject Christ Jesus, you choose Satan. So we are going to be looking at the consequence of when one rejects Jesus Christ. Listen, Rejection of Christ, oh Holy Spirit, you're right. The rejection of Jesus Christ ain't nothing new. Oh, beloved, listen. He has been rejected, rejected, rejected. Isaiah prophesied over here. In Isaiah 53, verse 3, talking about what does it mean that Christ was despised and rejected of men? Let's read that. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Amen. Amen. And the rejection of Jesus Christ is still going on in the 21st century. Christ Jesus was despised in his time for several reasons. To begin with, he was from Galilee. This was an area of Israel often disrespected. We see in John 4, I'm sorry, John 7:41. Others said this is the Christ. But some said, is the Christ 
to come from Galilee. Amen. Uh-huh. John 7:52. They replied, "Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee." Amen. Listen. Even the town of Nazareth most people because it's is recorded in John 146 can anything good come from there you're talking about disrespect listen Luke 2 22 to 24 because Christ Jesus came from a family of meager means. Hear this. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Amen. Beloved, we have to understand, right? According to the law of Moses, the law ordered the poorest couples to offer at least a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. So, just like we see in modern society, the poor is often disrespected and despised as well as if you come, as they say, from the wrong side of the tracks, yes, you are looked down upon, you are shunned, you don't have, as they say, the right zip code. So we see from birth, Christ Jesus in the eyes of, of the elite was nothing to be highlighted. It was nothing to herald about. It was just a baby being born. So we know all about them Pharisees and Sadducees because Christ Jesus was despised in that he was hated, hated by the Pharisees and, and Sadducees and others in the Jewish ruling class. So just for some edification, who were the Pharisees? Well, the Pharisees were an influential religious sect within Judaism. 
in the time of Christ and the early church. They were known for their emphasis on personal piety. The word Pharisee comes from a Hebrew word meaning separated. Their acceptance of oral trend of oral tradition in addition to the written law and their teaching that all Jews should observe all 600 plus, 613 to be exact, laws in the Torah, including the rituals concerning ceremonial purification. The Pharisees were mostly middle-class businessmen and leaders of the synagogues. Though they were a minority in the Sanhedrin and held a minority number, number of positions as priests, they seemed to control the decision-making of the Sanhedrin because they had popular support among the people, the Pharisees, not to mention very hypocritical, self-righteous Jewish leaders. They wanted the people to adhere more to their traditions and commandments of men rather than the actual word of God, thereby making it of none effect and Christ Jesus and the Pharisees, they constantly butted heads. And then we have the Sadducees. Who were the Sadducees? Well, during the time of Christ and the New Testament era, the Sadducees were a religious political group that held a great deal of power among the Jews in Israel. The Sadducees confronted Jesus on occasion, attempting to trip him up, and they later opposed the preaching of the apostles. The Sadducees worked hard to keep the peace by agreeing with the decisions of Rome. Because, least we forget, Israel at the time was under Roman control, and they, the Sadducees, seemed to be more concerned with politics than religion. Because they were accommodating to Rome and were the wealthy upper class. So can't we see how these religious pious ones would look down on the downtrodden? And so these Pharisees did not relate at all to the common man, nor did the common man hold them in high opinion. Because the commoners related better to those who belonged to the party of the Pharisees. Though 
the Sadducees held the majority of seats in the Sanhedrin, history indicates that much of the time they had to go along with the ideas of the Pharisees' minority. Why? Because the Pharisees were more popular with the masses. Listen, not all priests were Sadducees, but many of them were. The Sadducees preserved the authority of the written word of God, especially the books of Moses from Genesis through Deuteronomy. While they could be commended for this, they definitely were not perfect in their doctrinal views. It was a mess with them. They, let's see, they denied any resurrection of the dead. They were extremely self-sufficient to the point of denying God's involvement in everyday life. They denied the afterlife, holding that the soul perished at death and therefore denying any penalty or reward after the earthly life. What else? Mm -hmm. They denied the existence of a spiritual world, i.e. angels and demons. So basically, the Sadducees were a political party. They were unconcerned with Jesus until they became afraid he might bring unwanted Roman attention. Because again, at that point, the Sadducees joined with the Pharisees and conspired to put Christ to death. Mm -mm. All we really know about this sect, Sadducees, because they they left no written description of themselves. All we all we know about what they believed or what they did is what is found in the Bible and secondhand sources. According to most historical records, the Sadducees were rude, arrogant, power-hungry, and quick to dispute with those who disagreed with them. And they ceased to exist as a group in A.D. 70 when Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed by the Romans. So there we have it, some backstory with these Pharisees and Sadducees who hated and despised our Lord. Even though Lord Jesus continually showed himself to be the Messiah, the Pharisees and Sadducees refused to believe him. Listen, study. I want to open up John 12, 37 to 43. Listen to this account. 
though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him so that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, He has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things, verse 41, because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many, even of the authorities, believed in him, but, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Amen. Beloved, I feel every bit of this scripture. Isaiah hit the nail on the head. And John captured it over here in his gospel, giving this account about how so many hated Jesus and those who who held high places in in the synagogue kept it on the low low that they believed whom Jesus said he was but for the fact they didn't want to get kicked out of the synagogue they only acknowledged him in private this is why John 3.16 records for us, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit, records for us the conversation that Lord Jesus and, and Nicodemus, a high-ranking Pharisee, had to meet at night. You want to know why? Most likely, Nicodemus did not want to be seen out in public speaking, I speaking to Jesus, let alone having this earth-shattering, soul-saving message delivered to him. Lord Jesus was trying to get this Pharisee, Nicodemus, to understand, unless you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, a high-ranking Pharisee, supposedly speaking on behalf of God to the people, could not even understand what Christ was talking about. He was like, what do you mean? I'm old. I can't enter into my, my, my mother's womb again. And Lord Jesus, as a matter of fact, let us, because I want to come from John 3 anyway especially down there in verse 18. I'm telling you the rejection of Jesus, it is real. It, it is real. And for this high-ranking Pharisee, Nicodemus, 
he was also a member of the Sanhedrin, a ruler coming to Jesus at night under the cloak of darkness because he admitted over here in verse 2. He was telling Jesus, we know, we, see, we know without any doubt that you have come from God as a teacher. Why? For no one can do these, these signs, these wonders, these attesting miracles that you do unless God is with him. And this is where in verse 3, Lord Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. And then we see in verse 4 about Nicodemus couldn't understand what Lord Jesus was talking about. He cannot enter his mother's womb a second time and be born, can he? And Jesus is telling him again, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. The physical is merely physical. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be surprised. Nicodemus, that I have told you, you must be born again. Then come down to verse 9. I'm telling you, Nicodemus, with all of his obvious learnings, right, still couldn't understand it. Because he's saying, how can these things be possible? Jesus replied, you are the great and well-known teacher of Israel, and yet you do not know nor understand these, these things from Scripture? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, we speak only of what we absolutely know and testify about what we have actually seen as witnesses and still you reject our evidence and do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things, that is things that happen right here on earth and you do not believe how will you believe and trust me if I tell you heavenly things? No one has gone up into heaven, but there is one who came down from heaven, the Son of Man himself, whose home is in heaven. Amen. And then we come down to, you know, verse 16, right? For God so greatly loved and dearly prized 
the world that he even gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever believes and trusts in him as savior shall not perish but have eternal life for God did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world that is to initiate the final judgment of the world but that the world might be saved through him. And here we go, verse 18. Whoever believes and has decided to trust in him as personal Savior and Lord is not judged. For this one, Lord Jesus is saying, there is no judgment no rejection, no condemnation, semicolon. But the one who does not believe and has decided to reject him as personal Savior and Lord is judged already. That one has been convicted and sentenced. Why? Because he has not believed and trusted in the name of the one and only begotten Son of God, the only one who is truly unique, the only one of his kind. And what, beloved, makes Christ Jesus so unique, one of a kind. What about his birth was so different than any other birth ever performed happened? It is because his earthly mother, Mary, was a virgin. She didn't have intercourse with a man in order to be impregnated and then have a baby. She was a virgin. Now, many of our parents may have been virgins, but they had sex. They got pregnant by a male sperm. That sperm conceived with her egg and they conceived i mean that sperm connected with that egg and conceived a baby and then here we are well christ jesus wasn't conceived that way the holy spirit the bible tells us came on mary that was made him so unique the only begotten son of god because how he, if you want to use the word beget, he wasn't begotten as we were. That's what makes him so unique. That corrupt, contaminated bloodline from Adam was not coursing through his vein, veins. So back to the scripture. The only one who can save. Verse 19, John 3. This is the judgment. That is 
the cause for indictment, the test by which people are judged. The basis for the sentence is this. And Lord Jesus is about to tell us why they will be judged. Not because he didn't come to save the world and thus humanity will be on their own. No, this is the judgment. The reason why they they will be judged and thrown into the lake of fire. You ready? The light, capital L. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather that word again rather than the light the bible tells us that jesus he says i am the light of the world those who follow him shall not walk in darkness because they have the light and that's over there in john 8:12 so he's saying over here, the basis for the sentence is because mankind has rejected Jesus. Look, the light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light for their deeds were evil for every wrongdoer hates the light and does not come to the light, but shrinks from it for fear that his sinful, uh-huh, worthless, uh-oh, activities will be exposed and condemned. Amen. So, back to that YouTube video that truly broke my heart. The reason why people did not give that brother an opportunity a real in-depth opportunity to share that gospel but he was able to throw out that small nugget to to perhaps i believe to get them to thinking wait a minute this life is not what's all to it. There is an afterlife. But the people wanted none of it. And this is the reason right here. Because as I'm watching that video, John 3, 19 kept flashing right before my eyes. This is why they are rejecting. This is why they wanted nothing to do with what he was talking about. All they had to hear was the name Jesus. And they were off and running in disgust. <clears throat> As if he said something so vile and wicked to them. And this is the reason. Right here. <clears throat> Excuse me. This right here is the reason. The reason why people reject Jesus and they can say whatever they want to say. Well, because, you know, I don't believe or, you know, the Bible was uh, written by so many different people. 
How do we know if it's really truthful? How do we know Jesus is the only way? And so all of these reasonings and justifications and stupid excuses because we all had them. Put all that to the side. This is the real reason right here. This is the reason why people reject Jesus. They rather, they rather have, let, let me, let me quote it correctly, that the people loved the darkness rather than the light because their evil, wicked ways were going to be exposed and condemned and the people don't want their evil, wicked ways to be held up to the righteous, holy standards of Jesus Christ. And therefore, they don't want to hear nothing about the gospel. They, they don't want to be told they are a sinner in need of a savior. They are actually offended. Oh, you can see the offense on their faces. What? I'm not a sinner. I don't need to be saved. I'm too busy. I got to go. And I was like, Lord Jesus, forgive them. I pray, I pray that they repent. Oh, beloved. So coming back over here about Lord Jesus being despised and, and hated, even on the cross, because listen, the Jews who despised our Lord eventually got the Romans involved, trumping up charges against him and demanding he be subjected to a painful, torturous death. And let me assure you, beloved, these barbaric Romans you didn't have to tell them twice about pulling out, pulling out that cat of nine tails and start flogging. Oh, they were too happy to oblige. These callous Romans despised Jesus as a common criminal, mocking, battering, spitting upon and flogging him. We see this over here in Matthew 27, starting in around verse 22 to verse 30. What it says here, let's read from Matthew 27, 22 to 25 first. Listen, hold on. Let me get this up. Okay, listen. Matthew 27, 22 to 25, Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? 
What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, his blood be on us and on our children. Amen. I have to say this, beloved, that's sickening. That's sickening because you got this Roman governor, Pilate, saying, okay, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, I don't see anything that, that this man need to be charged of. So I'm going to wash my hands of it. His blood is not going to be on my hands. So here you go. And the people, they were like, fine. We'll, we'll take whatever comes our way, crucify him anyway. He, they say, well, his blood be on us then. Not only on us, but on our children. What? Verse 27 to verse 30, Matthew 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and twisting together a crown of thorns they put it on his head and put a reed in his hand and kneeling before him they mocked him saying hail king of the jews and they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head Amen. All this Christ endured on our behalf. All, all of this. I don't know about you all, beloved, but um, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. You got to be a cold piece of work. If you read what Christ Jesus endured and suffered on our behalf and you walk away from hearing the gospel and you reject and you are so offended and disgusted that anyone would even think that you are a sinner in need of a savior. And if you don't repent, you're going straight to a burning hell and you turn your nose up at that and you grab your uh, spouse and you pull her along and say, come on, we ain't got time for this nonsense. Mm -mm. Cold, cold, cold piece of work. Listen, their, their mockery, getting back to this madness, their mockery included dressing Christ in a purple robe. We, we, we just read the scriptures. 
dressing him in a purple robe, placing a crown of thorns on his head, and in satirical fashion, showing him honor. Listen, okay. All of this mockeration and rejection, let us be clear, Christ Jesus is the cornerstone. Yes, he is. He's the cornerstone of the work of God, of what God is doing in the world. But to those who did not believe, he was the stone the builders rejected. What is the cross reference of 1 Peter 2, 7, Psalm 118, verse 22? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Amen. Matthew 21, 42. Jesus said to them, have you, have you never read in the scriptures the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in his eyes. No no doubt he's coming from Psalm 118.22. Listen, rejecting Christ, ain't nothing new about it. Ain't nothing new about it. Israel rejected Jesus as their Messiah because he did not fit their preconceived ideas of a warrior king who would deliver them from political oppression. When Pilate offered to release Jesus after the flogging, the people rejected Jesus and shouted their acceptance of a criminal. No, not him. Give us Barabbas. They rather have a, crim a murderous criminal Barabbas to be set free and let Jesus go to crucifixion. John 18, 40, they cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. And I think I did a study or reading about Barabbas. Barabbas. He was a ruthless villain, murderous. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if he had like a band of soldiers with him and they just went about terrorizing the land. And the people wanted that man to be released because I believe like every year, a, a criminal can receive a pardon. And so at this time, it was between Lord Jesus and Barabbas to be set free. And, the, and, and mind you, because if, if, if I recall correctly, the people were in fear of Barabbas. They, they were so glad that he was finally caught and thrown into prison, oh, they must have felt relief. 
you really got to have some hate in your heart to agree as a mob to let one of the most terrifying criminal to be released back into society, you must really have to hate Jesus because he did no wrong, none whatsoever. He came to save his people, but the people rejected him. They would rather have a bloodthirsty, murderous villain be put back into society among men, women, and children rather than Christ Jesus. They made their choice that day. Oh, Holy Spirit. Mm -mm. They made their choice that day whom they rather have. Oh, I felt every bit of that in my spirit. Mm-mm. They, they, cho- oh, they chose that day whom they wanted. They wanted one of Satan's children rather than the son of God. Wow. The rejection of Christ was not limited to those who did not believe in him. Nope. Because at times, Lord Jesus had large followings, but most of them eventually turned away. And here we go. Here, now, here we go. You have a lot of people claiming Jesus, but have turned away from following him today. John 6, 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So again, all of the proponents of one saved, always saved. If you are following Jesus, ain't no way you can ever fall away. Those who truly love Jesus, we ain't going nowhere. We ain't going nowhere, but let us understand and be not mistaken. There are and have been and sadly will be people who follows Jesus, loving on him, knowing his word, all of that. And yet for whatever demonic, satanic leading away will, how it says, walk away from him. And what I love about this scripture, because it goes on. Listen to this, because this is my complete sentiment. Hold on. Let me, let me pull it up. What was that? He said, let's take it to 70. Hold on. I'm I'm bringing y'all over here with me. 
So listen, okay. Let us read John 6 because we know what sinners do. They reject Jesus. They they go on and live in sin. And sadly, they will die in their sins and go straight to hell as they await the final judgment. But now we got to look at followers. Followers who have received the knowledge of the truth, but they abandon Jesus. Again, listen, this ain't nothing new. This been going on since Jesus walked the earth. Over here in John 6, let's, let us look at verses 60 down to 71. Okay? Okay? Listen. When many of his disciples heard this, they said, okay, well, heard what? Okay, let's, okay, I believe we may need to go to verse 55 to see how, why would suddenly his followers, not not his core 12, but many of his followers decided to leave him. And we, going, and we are going to see this is why people who, who follow Jesus unfollows him. Okay. Hold on a minute. Let me get, I need to put in six. Get over here. Close this up. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Because what they what they did then is what's happening today once listen spoiler alert once jesus starts teaching some things that people can't can't and won't grab a hold on to this is why they leave him and then what they do either Either they go back out into the world and just forget about Christianity altogether, or they will find other teachers, Mm -hmm. other teachers that teaches a watered down gospel. Listen to this, John 6, starting in verse 55, so that we can pull all of this into complete context. Listen, because Jesus was saying this, <laughs> and, and when he said this, a mass exodus occurred. Listen, for my flesh is true spiritual food, and my blood is true spiritual drink. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood. Now, some of his followers and Jews who were, you know, around just listening, always trying to trip him up. They were like, wait a minute. What do you mean eat your flesh and drink your blood? They believed Christ Jesus was into cannibalism, apparently. They're like, we ain't eating your flesh and we ain't drinking your blood. But but what he was talking about, about 
eating his flesh and drinking his blood. He was talking spiritual. He was talking spiritual. He was talking about one who believes in me and accepts me as Savior. Because he was saying in verse 56, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood believes in me, accepts me as Savior, remains in me. And I, in the same way, remain in him. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, even so, the one who feeds on me. Not literally, right? Not literally carving a piece of his arm out and then chomping on it. No. Again, spiritual. The one who who feeds on Jesus is the one who believes in him, accepts him as Savior. Well, Jesus is saying this one will also live because of me. This is the bread, capital B. This is the bread which came down out of heaven. It is not like the manna that our fathers ate and they eventually died. The one who eats this bread believes in me, accepts me as Savior, will live forever. Amen. So now, here we go. Verse 59, because he said these things in a synagogue while he was teaching in Capernaum. When many of his disciples heard this, verse 60, John 6, they said, this is a difficult and harsh and offensive statement. Oh, beloved. We already know, right? Sinners do not adhere to anything Christ Jesus has to say. But those of us in the body of Christ, when some of us, who wants the flesh and the world and Jesus too? Well, this is their sentiment. What Jesus is talking about? Oh, that's just too difficult for us. Just like, here we go, divorce and remarriage. Divorce and remarriage. Some are on board with Jesus about everything. But in some cases, the fact that they are in a second and third and fourth and fifth and you name it, remarriage, now all of a sudden, what Christ is talking about is just too difficult. You mean to tell me he doesn't want me to be happy? After all, did he not die for my sins? Yes, he did, Miss Missy. What he didn't die for is for you to keep living on in your flesh. So, back to the scriptures. When many of his disciples heard this, they said, this is a difficult and harsh and offensive statement. Who can be expected to listen to it? But Jesus 
aware that his disciples were complaining about it, asked them, Does this cause you to stumble and take offense? Beloved, could you imagine? Could you imagine the one who claims to be a disciple, a follower, a student of Jesus? When they, when they hear any one of his teachings and decide to say what these have said, could you imagine if suddenly, audibly, Jesus asked the question? I mean, so that they can clearly hear it. Does this cause you to stumble and take offense? What then will you think if you see the Son of Man ascending to the realm where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit. It is of no account. The words, listen, listen to the Lord and Master. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and life, providing eternal life. Amen. Yes, Holy Spirit, I'm so glad that he did, in fact, break down what he was talking about. He's saying that his words, he says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. He was telling them, I'm not talking about you literally taking a bite out of my arm, slitting open up my wrist and drinking my blood. No, my words are spiritual. Spiritual. Providing eternal life. He's telling us that if we partake of him, abide in him, eat from him, learn of him. He has told us to learn of him. Come and follow me. I'm the way. I'm the way to eternal life. So yes, his words are spiritual spiritual because they have to do with eternal life. And if we reject him and his word, we are going to perish now and when we die. So, verse 64, but still there are some of you who do not believe and have faith. For Jesus knew from the beginning who did not believe and who would betray him. Verse 65. And he was saying, this is the reason why I have told you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him. That is, unless he is enabled to do so by the Father. And so verse 66, as a result of this, <laughs> as a result of this, many, many of his disciples abandoned him and no longer walked with him. 
It wasn't because, you know, Jesus just became, you know, worldly and, and demonic. And they were like, nope, that can't be the Messiah. And therefore abandoned him. Nope. It was because they refused to continue on in his teachings. Even if, listen, beloved, for us today as well, if we don't understand what Jesus is talking about, go to him in prayer about it. Ask him to open up your eyes to the scriptures. Just because you don't agree, just because you don't understand, just because you think, oh, this is just so unreasonable, do you walk away from Jesus? Because you see, that very well may open up another door. Another door that the proponents of one saved, always saved, love to throw out. Well, maybe they were never born again in the first place. That's why they left Jesus. Well, you know what? That can and has been the case. But no, we're not talking about false converts. Because you could be a false convert or you could actually be a follower of Jesus. But then when he starts dealing with the crucifying of our flesh, and rather you say, yes, Lord, I'm on board. Gut me out, sanctify me, purge me, cleanse me. You're going to have a problem. If your response is like this, they were like, we got to go. We we got to go because you really talking about something that, uh-uh, uh-uh. And so because of this, as a result, many of his disciples abandoned him and no longer walked with him. So verse 67, Jesus said to the 12, <laughs> he was like, okay. Now, could you imagine him saying all that and they said what, what they said and then he came back and said how his words are spiritual leading to eternal life and then they turn around and left and left and then Jesus turns around to his disciples and go uh-huh mm-hmm and so we don't have to imagine where he said we got the scripture on it so Jesus said to the 12 disciples you do not want to leave too, do you? I mean, because think about it. Everyone else is leaving. And so Peter, and beloved, this should be our sentiment too. Okay? Because I believe all of us in Christ will encounter this type of moment. This, this moment right here. I believe all of his disciples will have to choose. Do we walk away or, or still continue in walking and following him? Even though what he just said doesn't feel good for us to do. 
that it may not be beneficial to us. It may be inconvenient. It may be heartbreaking. It may be so hard to to give up relationships. But do we follow him anyway? I believe we all face this about one of his teachings, one of his apostles' teachings. Some people may not have a problem with adultery or um, fornication or lasciviousness or homosexual um, homosexuality, but you can't stop lying to save your soul. You are still a busybody gossip. And you have created a whole YouTube channel about exposing other people's downfall. Downfall, And then here you go, busybodying in their lives, bringing the body of Christ to 411. And this YouTube channel is bringing you in tons of money. But then you see in the scriptures that no busybody will inherit God's kingdom. No gossip will inherit his kingdom. And you go, huh. So you mean to tell me Christ Jesus wants me to give up this channel? Because I'm bringing this to the body of Christ, the the Bible tells us to mark and avoid, point out the false teachers. Okay, but then what you doing? See, fine lines are being crossed every single day. So back over here. Lord Jesus turned to his 12 and said, well, are you going to leave too? Do you want to leave me? And Peter answered, and I love this. I love this because this should be our stance. This is my stance. Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You are our only hope. Amen. Beloved, yes, Holy Spirit, Christ Jesus must be your only hope. There should be no plan B. There should be no, well, you know what? I can simply go over to the Catholic Church. I can go over to the Seventh-day Adventists. I can go to the Mormons, the Baptists, Lutherans. No, Christ Jesus must be your one and only hope. You want to know why? He's the only one that have the words, no, that has the very words of eternal life. Look, verse 69, John 6. Peter is saying to Lord Jesus, who asked his core 12, because a chunk of his other disciples just left him. And he turns around. Are y'all going to leave me too? And Peter was like, no. <clears throat> We ain't got nobody else to go to. You are our only hope. You alone have the words. How he says it? You alone have the words of eternal life. You are our only hope. We have believed and confidently trusted 
and even more we have come to know by personal observation and experience that you, Lord Jesus, that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve disciples? And yet one of you is a devil, an ally of Satan. Now he was speaking of Judas, verse 71. Now he was speaking of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the twelve disciples, was about to betray him. Amen. Inside of his own core 12 camp. There's always got to be one, huh? That's looking to betray Jesus. So again, beloved, this here ain't nothing new. Many people today still reject him as their savior and turn down his offer of eternal life. There are people who continue to despise the name of Jesus and seek to discredit what he has done. But in the very rejection he endured, whew, Lord Jesus provided salvation to those who believe and will seek to follow in his steps. Yes, Luke 9, 23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Amen. 1 Peter 2.21 for, for to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. Amen. I'm going to leave us with Hebrews 13.12-13. Our Lord suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. Amen. Beloved, I love you. We must all understand and recognize the times we are living in today. It is dark, evil, wicked, and vile. This secular world who has rejected Jesus Christ is awaiting their antichrist to rise to power and set up, and set up his government. 
But the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation is only going to be for about three years. Once Christ Jesus returns, he is going to effectively, efficiently deal with the wicked. And it won't be pretty. Now, we can point out all of the wicked elites in the world and say, uh-huh, you deserve every bit of hell's fire. Every wicked politician, every wicked king, every wicked kingdom, every wicked government. We can say, uh-huh, you deserve every bit of hell's fire. But what about the couple at the Walmart that, that no one knows about? who rejects Jesus. They are just as wicked as these high-ranking reptilian elites in high government, governmental places and kingdoms. No different. None. The lake of fire is reserved for them all. Just like the gray-haired elderly lady who throws up the middle finger when she sees the gospel of Jesus Christ being evangelized in the city streets. And she drives by and throw up that middle finger. And I'm like, this lady is too old for this. Mm -mm. they will share in the same punishment. The rejection of Jesus Christ does not go unnoticed by heaven. It is all being recorded. And people don't even care about that. Primarily because they may not even know that it is. They don't want to know anything about the kingdom, about Christ, about, about what he has done for us, about the penalty of sin, because they can try to hurry along and, and grab the arm of their spouse and, and scurry away in complete disgust. But uh, Romans 6.23 ain't going nowhere. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And they say no. Heavenly Father, help us today to understand the severity of the situation that when one rejects Jesus Christ, the consequence of that is eternal separation from you. Hallowed be thy holy, righteous name. We come before you today humbly and complete reverence of your name. 
We know from John 12, 48, the one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. Amen. Father, there is no more sacrifice for sins. No one else is coming to save humanity. And those of us in the body of Christ must not take this lightly because Hebrews 10, 26, for if we go on sinning deliberately after, 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 receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. Father, the scripture goes on to tell us that our only expectation is fiery judgment. It's not the kingdom that we will be inheriting. It will be this lake of fire. People deny Jesus all day. But he tells us in Matthew 10, 33, but whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. Amen. Luke 10, 16. The one who hears you, hears me. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. Oh, Father, this is not looking good. This is not looking good. There are many antichrist spirits in the earth. Isaiah 53, 3 is weighing heavenly on me today, Father. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Amen. Father Christ Jesus, as he walked this earth as man and God suffered, in the body as a man, excruciating pain that no one, no one will ever endure. Isaiah spoke about that after the many floggings he took, he looked unrecognizable as a human being. The people were appalled. They were astonished at what he looked like hanging on the cross. He suffered, but then glorified. Three days later, you rose Christ Jesus from the dead. He is alive today, seating at the place of authority, your right hand, making intercessions for the saints. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient 
extraordinarily patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Amen. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name, Father. We ask for wisdom and discernment as we go about in these evil, dark days. Many hearts will fail them as the coming of Jesus is fastly approaching. Many people claim his name, but not everyone has departed from iniquity. We do live in a world, Father, that is completely manipulated by Satan. Thank you for giving me that understanding. Therefore, since we know of such manipulation, may we, your children, <coughs> continue to submit ourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil and he shall flee from us. Thank you for today's lesson, Father. Bless your holy name. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. We know why people reject Jesus Christ to their own spiritual eternal detriment. It is because they rather, they rather have their filth and darkness and evil wicked deeds rather than coming to Jesus to be saved. Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Praise the living God. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.